Welcome back, everybody, to the Moron Voice Audio Show. Of course, my horse, I'm the host of the show, Ian Junkins. And uh, thanks for tuning back in, as always. Thank you for tuning back in. It's This is the first solo episode of 2023. I had to kind of stop before I said that. But, um, because it just seems crazy to say that. 2023. Kind of thought I would have maybe a, um, I don't know, at least a hoverboard by now. I mean, I guess the iPhone's pretty cool, but... Anyways, it's great to be back. We're rocking and rolling here. And we're, we're going to kick some ass. I'm going to start it off with a bong rip for 2023. <sighs> Decent pull right there. Decent pull. We, we got a great show planned today. We got a My Music Picks up ahead. We have a uh, what the 10 years of the Nintendo Wii U. Can you believe that? For those of you who missed the video game talk, we're going to bring back the, some video game talk this year. 10 years of the Wii U. And we have some Guitar Center stories, and I'm going to reminisce on actually becoming a, um, a, 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 getting into punk rock music for 15 years about ago. I was about maybe 16 years now. We'll, we'll touch on that later. It's great to be here in 2023 of the Moron Voice Audio Show. And, um, you know, I just found out people are letting me know. I won't name the podcaster. They're sending me hazing me, perhaps, with a particular podcaster who will go unnamed, the hugest podcaster in the world, representing Carnivore Month. I guess January happens to be Carnivore Month, like National Carnivore Month. Nothing about that is um, up my alley, so I'm kind of just about to do kind of the opposite thing. I'm making February National Moron Voice Audio Show Anti-Carnivore Month. To combat this unnamed podcaster. That's right. Uh, so the plan is that um, I'm just going to continue not eating meat and never being like Joe Rogan. Um, we do have new merch in the works. Maybe influenced by this. That's what I'm kind of trying to get at. Maybe I'm not making my point. It's been a minute since I fucking podcasted. Yeah, so I got new merch in the works. Can't wait for that to come out. It's going to probably be a lot more limited than it was before. Like, I'm wanting to do, like, two fucking shirts, literally. Not really, but I'm talking about small. So, when it comes closer to time, if anybody wants some merch, probably we'll figure it out. We'll figure it all out. Anyways, I'm just saying there's new shit coming. To touch on the whole vegan aspect here that I'm going for is um, I maybe you guys saw I posted a picture of my new vegan S shoes. That's right. It's called S. It is not called ES. I hear people pronounce this brand ES. Not called ES. Definitely called S. Got the XL Slims. So I have had these in the past. They were not vegan. Years ago I had them. They're great skate shoes. And I asked for opinions. People tell me maybe they weren't the most comfortable skate shoes. Um, I'm not too worried about comfort because after wearing slip-on Vans for like 10 years straight, my foot is so fucked up anyways it doesn't matter. I've skated, I mean, I've skated a lot of not even the cushion ones, just regular vans, like the hard, shitty, you know, just walking around vans. Um, so I'm not too worried about them being uncomfortable. I find them fine. They're comfortable for me. Maybe if you have a bigger foot, they'd be a little tighter on you. But I got nine and a half, so 
Not really rocking the biggest fucking foot over here. But anyways, it's nice to find a product. This is what I'm talking about. I feel like skateboarding shoes are a little behind the times. Or maybe they're just kind of not stuck in the past of traditional fabrics. But I'd like to see more brands making their main shoes. For instance, with S, any Soltech. For those of you who don't know, Soltech is kind of the big umbrella company of the big three skate shoe brands that start with the letter E. S, America, and Etnies. And all of them offer, um, like, animal-free versions of shoes that are already made. They might have some, like, special freaking vegan designs, too. But they have, like, you can actually get the cool shoes with what seems to be high-quality, like, synthetic fucking materials here. You know, synthetic materials here that um are supposed to last, I guess. Hopefully, they'll fucking last. Because it's nice to have the options of having the cool shoes and not having to get, like, the same fucking Canvas Pro Vans every time. I wouldn't even mind if more skate shoe uh, companies here made more durable. I like the van shoes with the canvas over, like, the rubber. That's a good option if you're not trying to wear animals. Shit. Um, But, yeah, I'm stoked on these S. Uh, Etnies has some sick-looking kicks, too. I never tried the Etnies slip-on. I was looking at those. I was like, that's kind of fucking, kind of weird looking, but kind of rad. But I'm probably going to be like representing these fucking S shoes. If these ones hold up, you know you're going to find me in the Soul Tech shoes. I've had the the Americas. Really good pair of shoes I had were uh, vegan leather Brian Herman Americas. They were sick looking too. And this isn't like, I mean, it probably was like plastic because these are like $70 shoes, which is kind of the weird thing about like, synthetic materials that's why i'd like to see them move to like the canvas i guess more but i mean there's all that like fungi full leather too which is interesting i don't know too much about it but a lot of like when you're talking about like synthetic leathers and stuff sometimes they're just like gnarly plastics and it's just a shit for the environment as like anything else in the fucking world i guess so like you know you got to pick your fucking poisons but i'm not trying to wear fucking animals on my shoes um s shoes rad fucking brand so, um, so far I'm giving the S Vegan Excel Slim 5 out of 5 Living Animals. It's the Game Zone. Okay, I'm pretty sure I called it the Game Zone. Was the original thing when I talked about video games. It doesn't matter. Welcome back to the More on Voice Audio Show game segment. Um, I don't touch on it all the time, but I do love video games. It's a big part of um, me growing up, and I still love video games. But I like to talk shit about them a lot, too. Also, before we get too far ahead here, this is, um, I'm smoking, my favorite now is the uh, Blazy Susan. That's right, the Blazy Susan, the pink cones. I don't know if they make anything else. You know, I'd like a Blazy Susan freaking shirt. Blazy Susan... A uh, pink t-shirt would be rad, but I really like these cones because they're pink. They have a cool logo, and they're supposedly, like, have no bleach or whatever and all that nasty shit in it. So, we're at the fucking game zone here, and I want to talk about one of my all-time favorite video game consoles. That console is, believe it or not, the Nintendo Wii U. Yes, I said it. I'll say it again. The Nintendo Wii U. 
the Nintendo Wii U was released in November of 2012. So it's been over 10 years now, I guess. But I just kind of, I was looking up some game stuff and I realized, holy shit, like 2012? That was like fucking 10 years ago. <coughs> now we're looking at like 10 years and two months. The Nintendo Wii U came out and was not the hottest video game system out there. It launched with um, Zombie U, I remember it launched with. And it launched with, um, which was a crazy, it's kind of like this weird first person game. But then you used, so the Wii U has the game pad, which is like 50% of the controller and what you were paying for. These things were like three, 400 bucks when they first came out. And uh, a lot of the technology was in this game pad. That, unlike the Switch, that feels a little more elegant. Maybe the Nintendo Switch does still feel like a little like chunky, like a kid thing, but it's a Nintendo system, so it's going to fucking do that. The Wii U felt like a Fisher Price, like piece of shit, kind of. <laughs> like it was big, and like it was that kind of plastic where if you squeeze it, it's like <coughs> cracks and stuff. Um, as far as more launch games, I'm not sure about launch games, but I'm gonna go through a game list. How about that? Uh, Oh, no, uh, Nintendo Land, right? That one was on it. You know what was a crazy thing about the Wii U? It was the last, like, Nintendo system, it seems, where they allowed you to individually purchase the retro games. So you could go on the Nintendo shop, and you could buy a lot of... It was one of the... I want to say the Wii U was the first time Earthbound was released and not on the Super Nintendo by Nintendo on a system. Hold me to it. Look that up. That, that was the first time I played Earthbound was on the Wii U. So, that was cool, and there's a lot of cool, like, they put a lot of Game Boy Advance games you could get and stuff. I loved it for that. If you were into downloading, like, retro games at the time, these things were, like, 7, 8 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever, but it was fun. Uh, that Zombie U game was fun for, like, you know, the first day or two you get it. Mario Kart 8 came out, and it was one of the best games on the system, arguably the best game on the system. Later ported to Switch and revamped a little bit. If you ask me, the Switch version hasn't been pumped up enough. They're adding some new tracks and shit, which is great. But, I mean, um, it's just an old-ass game now. I wish there was even more DLC because I love that Mario Kart game. Uh, the Breath of the Wild came out on Wii U. A lot of people didn't play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Wii U. But it did come out on that, and that was the first time I played Breath of the Wild was on my Wii U. And it's pretty close to the Switch version, to tell you the truth. Uh, and Splatoon, my all-time, that's my favorite Switch game. Splatoon 1, the original. Now we're all the way up to Splatoon 3. Ink-based shooter, where you turn into squids, and you can be, um, you know, it's about shooting the ground, but you also you can be murking people. I go on there, and I just troll. I just laugh at people. It's all about, pretty much like Splatoon is all about manipulating your opponent into like feeling like a piece of crap. Love that game. But yeah, I, I played, that was like a lot of what I played on Wii U was Splatoon 1. Big deal for me and my friend. I mean, me and my buddy Pierce would play Splatoon 1 for 6 hours, 7 hours, 10 hours sometimes. And we loved it. And it was kind of like a little broken. Some of the specials were insane in that game. But it was a, a good system. That nowadays, I feel like I see on the internet some people are appreciating it more. At the time, nobody really liked it and understood it because it wasn't like the best system so you're saying you're just telling me that you played like 10 hours of this game all the time but it wasn't the best system but it's one of your favorite systems of all time this makes no sense
This show makes no sense. To me, it's about the enjoyment I have with others when I play the games sometimes. So I played a lot of two-player games on the Wii U. Is it my favorite of all time? No, definitely not my number one. But it's definitely like top five material. I'll tell you, I, I probably like Wii U more than Nintendo 64. I don't hate Nintendo 64, but when I go back to those games, like the controller's fucked up. Everybody knows the controller's fucked up. The C buttons make no sense. They didn't know what they were doing. It's pretty much what's crazy. Like, So take your N64 controller. Picture that. You're holding an N64 controller. And if you put a Super Nintendo controller over where the D-pad and the A and B buttons are, it fits. I'm pretty sure it fits pretty perfect. And then they, they just added the little downward banana penis looking fucking things. You know, those little dicks that come off of the N64. Why it looks like that, I don't know. So you can like really grip it. Kind of stupid looking controller, but it's interesting that there is a, that there's a Nintendo NES controller in it, I guess. Uh, one thing that I do miss about, uh, the, the N64 had a good D-pad. I don't know if it had the same one as the Super Nintendo, but it had a good D-pad. Um, the games, go. what I'm trying to say is, I guess, going back to the N64 games, they're still fun, some of them, some of them, some of them are. But they kind of look like shit. That's all, you know, they kind of look like shit. It's probably... Mario Kart 64, to me, is the worst-looking Mario Kart. Ocarina? Like, not the worst Zelda-looking game, because I think Zelda 2 looks really, really bad. But it's not a pretty game, really. I mean, it, it has its charm, but... Some beautiful N64 games. Let me think. I can't even fucking think of one that I'd say is beautiful. Conker's Bad Fur Day, maybe? Game's pretty colorful, right? But Wii U, very beautiful games. Zelda. I mean, I know, it's generations apart, but uh, I, I like my Wii U. I like the Wii U, and I like the Nintendo Switch. Curious to see uh, if we continue with uh, the next Nintendo system, if they're going to put a big screen as the controller again. You know, some people saying it's just going to be like that from now on with new new generations. Which has its pros and cons, I guess. But no matter what, I'm going to end up buying it because I buy every fucking Nintendo system because I'm a Nintendo simp. You heard it here first at the Mormon Voice Audio Show. I am a Nintendo simp. It's my music picks. Here it is. It's back to my music picks in 2023. Can't believe it's the first solo show of the new year. Maybe this will be a quick My Music Picks, or maybe I should just have some more coffee. But I've been listening to one of my all-time favorites. When it comes to this particular band, I um, fell more in love with the guitar playing, and then I appreciated the whole band. So I really came in this one from the inside of the beast out, you know, um, was The Police. Right, The Police. Not the best name. <laughs> if somebody locally was telling me they start they're starting a band and they were called the Police, I would definitely not go and see them. Most of you are probably thinking like I wouldn't even go see the Police, that the real Police band, because they suck. I know a lot of people don't really like the Police. Police, Police. I like to say Police, Police. 
I like to say police. Like that. Police. I'm drinking some blueberry coffee I brewed up, by the way. Um, Andy Summers, man. Andy fucking Summers. Definitely taking a bong rip for him. Andy Summers is a great... Great. Um, sometimes I, I think I'm kind of... I know he gets credit. Like, all these rock stars get credit. These are huge bands. Sometimes I think of him as more of an unsung guitar hero because his parts to the ear will sound very simple. But then when you play them, you realize this guy has monster freaking hands. I, uh, some Popoli songs right now that are accessible that everybody might know is, uh, Message in a Bottle. A lot of people don't like that one for some reason. I've always loved that. Since Guitar Hero 2, I got into that song. That was the first, uh, Andy Summers riff I tried to learn how to play. I had a Sting signature bass at one point, too, back in the day, just because I liked the bass, you know, but Message in a Bottle. What a fucking crazy riff that is. And the tempo is actually pretty quick. So check out that riff real closely. Or maybe watch a video of like Andy Summers playing it. And you'll see like those are some crazy stretches. Uh, everything you do is magic. Not like the most crazy guitar song. But that's a police song you might fucking know. Every Breath You Take. My, one of my favorite guitar parts. Uh, try to learn that one. And then tell me Andy Summers can't at least stretch his hand. He came from a like a jazz background, but his the playing of the police is not jazzy. If anything, they go more for like a reggae, poppy rock sound. Like it's a weird sound, you know? It is a weird fucking sound. So a lot of people can't do the way Sting sings either. I can't even do it. I'm not going to do it. I'll probably edit that out. But the thing is, you know, Sting is from Jamaica. So he's just singing the way he fucking heard people singing. These are things I consider when I'm, because I'm that much of a fucking music nerd. You understand me? I consider where he's coming from. So it's like, he, that's how he fucking sings. And I deal, deal. I don't even need to deal with it because I like it. And then uh, Stuart Copeland, by the way, the drummer. I have to say him. Because he's honestly maybe one of the more, they're all really famous, but. He's probably more famous than Andy. Stewart's a monster drummer. The guy is a fucking animal. I don't even like... He's... I don't know how many movies he's scored. But a monster amount. I think he's probably done more movies than he's done songs with bands. Because it's a ridiculous amount of music this guy's fucking put out. And he's a monster fucking drummer. Really good drummer. Andy Summers. Love that guitar tone. Uh, sometimes it's not as wet as people might think it is. That's right. Here's a guitar buzzword, wet. There is sometimes... Andy, Andy played a rolling jazz course. He also played martial amps, clean martial amps a lot. And, uh, I mean, he's pl the thing is about these guys, they played a lot of different gear. He's heavily associated with the chorus pedal, the chorus tone. Andy has gone on record many fucking times telling fools like you know i do not really use chorus that much like i have sometimes they'll like ha have had a chorus and there's probably chorus on those what a lot of it is was the flange pedal so he had a he uses a flange and he dials it really far back you can really do it with any pedal he used that I, I don't know if he used the tc electronics one probably used quite a few different flangers the mxr one i believe was one that he used mxr in that era was a very popular pedal brand still is today but Back in those 
talking about the 80s and stuff, uh, dial back a flange. Try that if you have a flange pedal or pick up a cheap cheap one. If you dial it back intensity and, and you dial back the rate, everything. You don't want to run a flange pedal how you run a chorus pedal, really. Uh, a lot of well, what when people run a chorus pedal a lot, it's either like a V shape between the rate and your depth knobs or like maybe a flat shape. You know, uh, if you're going for more of a transparent course, kind of to achieve this chorus like flanging sound, just run it all probably like down. At, if you're looking at it like a clock, nine o'clock and start from there and don't let it swoosh. You know, Andy's did not really swoosh, even when he hit the drive. And because the thing is, those police songs had a lot of compression added to them. So he had a lot of fucking compression coming from uh, a Dynacomp. Old MXR pedal. He does say he used that one quite a bit. So it's very tic-tac-y. Great fucking guitar tones that I'm getting at, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Ugh, I do gotta go skating soon. So, I'm going on 22 minutes. I, if you, if any, since, since I'm on the topic of guitar pedals and stuff, I'm gonna be talking about a little bit of uh, Guitar Center right now. I go on guitarcenter.com all the time because if you're a pedal guy, not so much guitars, but if you're into pedals, you have to look a lot at Guitar Center to find the deals online. But the thing is, they post the wrong price for pedals a lot, a lot lower, sometimes a lot higher. Just don't buy that one because there's like a billion. And they also sometimes post the wrong picture. Like you'll be seeing, like you'll be scrolling down, let's say, like, you know. Um, Boss SD1 Overdrive, and it's a picture of an MXR uh, Phase 90. Completely different looking pedals. Or sometimes it'll be like, you know, it will say, whatever, Crybaby Wawa pedal. And it has a picture of a fucking snare drum. But the most fucked up thing I've seen lately was a picture, was a picture of, I hope I still have it on my phone, was, um, it was whatever pedal. I can't think of the fucking name of the pedal right now. Boss DS1 Distortion. And, but, looked like, because they literally, it's known that at Guitar Center, they have a camera with a roll on it. It used to ha be a store camera, is what I've heard. Now they use a cell phone. And, like, I've seen this before. Never to this degree of the wrong picture going on. But it was a first-person picture of a person in a hospital bed holding his freaking arm out like a fucking idiot showing his uh, bracelet. And he put it as the fucking picture of the pedal on the internet. I mean, that's what you're dealing with when you're going with them. And no matter what, on GuitarCenter.com, you have to pay fucking twelve ninety nine or eleven ninety nine or something shipping for a pedal. So you only do it if there's a really good deal, but I found some really good fucking deals on there. You know, I got my Boss Flanger. Speaking of flange pedals, I didn't really use this one, the BF2. I got that on there for 40 bones. Not gonna fucking find that one anywhere else for forty bones. That's Guitar Center though. I was also in there. This was like right before Christmas time. I was in Guitar Center, right? I hate that fucking store. Like I'll buy things from there sometimes because it's like if if I'm jonesing for a fucking pedal or you know I'll cop strings there, or earplugs. The earplugs there fucking suck. Everything there fucking sucks. But I spend money there sometimes. Sometimes you know. I was there. You know, fucking dicking around, touching guitars and shit. 
as you do at Guitar Center, picking up shit, putting it back down, be like, oh, dude, that one's sick. Like, dude, like, that one's sick. There's a purple one there I got my eye on now. But this fucking mom comes in, and it's like, again, this is like right before Christmas, week before Christmas, two weeks before Christmas. I don't fucking know. It was last year. It was last year. I'm moving the fuck on. And the Guitar Center guy is, um, you know, sitting around. I've seen this guy. I bought a, my fucking wah pedal from this fucking douchebag. If you ever go to Guitar Center, hopefully nobody knows this guy, but he's like, I would consider this guy like chonky. Okay. Chonky and like neckbeardy. So look for that one there. And if you know him, I'm sorry, but I've seen him act a fool a few goddamn times. Uh, she's coming in and she's saying like, she goes right up to the desk and she's like in a fucking panic. She was like, not a nice fucking lady. So I'm not giving her benefit of the doubt with this. She looked like she was acting like, oh, oh, oh. I think she was probably like, not, I don't know. She's definitely not old enough to be a boomer, but raised by a boomer for sure. And that shit was in her blood, you know, God for God bless, but God damn, that was in her blood. And she's like going right up to the place and she's like, my son wants to learn bass for Christmas. He wants to learn bass for Christmas. You know, like going fucking a mile a minute. And he says like, oh, okay, look at these basses. And he shows her these basses, Sterling by Music Man. They're like, um, I don't know, like a $500 bass. Which they're like kind of sick. But they definitely don't need to be your first fucking bass. Especially like, I feel like this kiddo, she was like, at this point she was like, oh, 500, like, I, I was looking, my friend's, like, children got one for, like, 200 and acoustic guitar. And he's, like, saying, like, you know, there's a difference between a cheap acoustic and an electric bass, which he is fucking right. Not saying he's fucking not right there, but that was the only fucking point Chonky fucking made this whole time. <laughs> so, sorry, I just chugged the seltzer. And, um, she's, like... Well, what's like a cheaper option? And she sees these bases at like 250 bucks, which I actually was playing that day. And I was like, these aren't that fucking bad. Like, if you're a newbie, that was better than the $250 base when I was a newbie. For fucking sure. It was. And, um, which it would have been fine for the situation. Because she said, I, I need to get an amp now and stuff. Anyways, and he's saying like how like, and she's like, well, what's the difference? Like, is that one, like, a total piece of crap or something? Like, like, is that one going to, like, break down, like, when, when we tune it? And he's saying, like, you know, like, it could. Like, it's, like, kind of a bass. And he's, like, and, all, and so this bitch ends up not buying a fucking bass, you know? And she's saying, like, she needs to go call her husband. She did call her fucking husband. By the way, this is in Guitar Center, to remind you, and I'm fucking eavesdropping on all of this. She does end up calling her husband, says about the price... And then she says, like, he's spoiled. He's so spoiled. He's so spoiled. And uh, she did leave, but maybe she came back and bought the base. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, that was, like, this guy's a douchebag fucking salesman. He could have just sold the $250 base like he should have right there, probably. It's like, this, a newbie isn't going to know. He, this kid's probably a dumb fuck anyways. He's the one who wants to learn how to play bass. I used to be a bass player, by the way. Amazing. 2023. That is the year we're in, and I'm just trying to fucking rock and roll. And I've been rock and rolling for a minute here. 
I uh, always remember the first day I had a band practice. Don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast. The first day I ever practiced with other musicians, a bass, drums, guitar, and guitar and singing or something, you know, like four people, was on Martin Luther King Day, which we're coming up to. Maybe, I don't know if this will come up on Martin Luther King Day or not, but coming up to that, and I was, I want to say I was 15, was the first time I jammed with a punk band like that. We had our own little garage punk band called Lunchbox. Um, And yeah, so 16 years is all I'm saying. Incredible. Do I still do punk? Yes. Low key, I do. Incredible. You know? I was doing that on a $250 basis, all I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to get at. 16 years ago, I was on a $250 base that carried me. I used that base all through every punk band I was in. Great punk base. My old OLP name was Leonard. I actually got it for an, um, maybe not that day because I got it in March. So I got it right after my first band practice when I became a bass player. Like I'm saying, I was a bass player 16 years ago though. So... That chonky fucking guitar guy at, at Guitar Center potentially could have just fucked up um, an aspiring musician. What a fucking retard. And here we are, everybody. It's the end of the freaking show. I don't know if that one, what that one, if that one's something you want or not, but like I said, I don't really care anymore. This is the Moron Voice Audio Show. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. And please stay tuning in. Because I have some things coming, maybe. I, I have some great guests coming that I've recorded with. And some that I'm recording with in the future. Uh, there are some coffee slams coming up. There's new merch coming up. Coffee slams. I just tried. I have a travel mug. I can't really slam it. Check this out. I'm going to take you out with a coffee slam. For once and all... Here we are at the Moron Voice Audio Show, everybody. I don't know why I said for once and for all, because that's not going to be the last coffee slam. Check me out on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I don't have TikTok anymore, because I didn't know how to fucking do it. All I do is guitar stuff on there. I got a new board. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to be skating a lot. Unless it snows.